Welcome to Emmanuel Christian Church, the house of Judah, the house at the gate. Please join us as we'll be listening to Apostle Vincent Luan, the head pastor of the Emmanuel Christian Churches. Today we are teaching on inner healing in the family. Inner healing in the family. This is why Monday class becomes critical because we have more time to pray, to pay attention, and uh, for you to experience uh, movement in your heart and in your life. We are teaching on inner healing in a family. These are things that happen daily in our life, and we go through them daily, and we experience hardship. Can we go together to the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32? Ephesians 4, 31 to 32 says, Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, glamour, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Praise the Lord. Now, the verse we have read gives us an understanding. We are talking about inner healing. Most of us are bruised. Traditionally, we are people who put on masks. We look great. I'm putting on a suit. I look like everything is in order. But in real, there are a lot of other things that we go through trying to cover up to make sure that people don't see. You know, I used to be slightly bigger. And sometimes I, I like this Mandela shirts. You know the Mandela shirts? If you are a big person, Mandela shirt is a good friend. Because it covers quite a lot of other things. So I will put on the shirt. I will feel very well. But I knew that if they were to say to me, take off your shirt, I won't be very happy. Because there were things that I didn't want people to see. The many folds on my body. I'm to somebody. So, today as we come before the Lord, I want to challenge you to say, remove the mask. You see, when Jesus, every time he prayed for people, he asked them, what do you want? He saw that he was blind, but he says, what do you want me to do for you? He should not assume that the blind man wants to see. Because there is a man who might come, but doesn't want to see. That is not his main need. So even us, as we go through the scriptures today, open your heart, Lord, touch my heart. May I be tender-hearted again. May I, I be innocent again. Because some of us, our innocence have been stolen. The Bible says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger. We talk about bitterness because of the many neglect, the hatred that is in our heart. We have become bitter. Most of the time, when you are bitter, you wish Horrible things will happen to others. You will say to yourself, I wish you will fall and, 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 and break a leg. I, I, I wish you will fall or be damaged. I wish you will lose your job. It's bitterness, deep roots, wrath, anger, evil speaking. Evil what? Speaking. You can be with friends, but immediately you turn. People speak. I, I attended a meeting one day. I went to the toilet. 
was a pastor's meeting. Very senior pastor's meeting. When I came back, the chairman says, say the way you spoke when he went to toilet. When he was in toilet, tell, tell, say it again in front of him. Embarrassment. Evil speaking. What? Evil speaking. God, that we should say, these are the things that hurt us. When we talk about inner healing of the family, can we go to Proverbs 18 verse 14? Proverbs 18, 14. It says, the spirit of a man will sustain him in sickness. In other words, if you have a strong heart, a strong spirit, you'll fight disease. You will succeed. You fight. How do you feel? You choose to ignore the feel you have. I'm healed. The scripture says so. I'm going to fight this thing. I've been prayed for. The Bible says, the spirit of him who is sick will sustain him. But listen to this. It says, but who can bear a broken spirit? Who can bear a broken spirit? When you read, the Bible says God desires, in the book of Psalm 51, God desires a humble and a contrite heart. But this one is a broken heart. You see, our brokenness, as a specialist surgeon, cannot heal. There are certain things that when people do in your life, you can go to the doctor, the doctor cannot heal it because it's not a sickness of the body, even though sometimes it might manifest with the pain in the body. Am I to somebody? You are too quiet. I think first service was better. Yeah. But who can bear a broken spirit? Most of us here have been broken. I saw one day they were training elephants for the circus. They take a, an elephant, a young elephant, maybe two, three years old, and they torment it. They denied sleep. 48 hours. 72 hours. The elephant, until it surrenders and it does or it starts to do the things requested, they will not let it sleep. Until it hears and follows instruction. They break it. Our nation as well have been broken for many years. We have come to believe things that are not true of ourselves. There are certain things we cannot do for ourselves. Families have been broken where we have come to believe that certain things are not possible. These wounds, we have what we call the worst wounds a human can suffer or can experience that are affecting the human is in the soul. And that's why we are saying the inner healing of the family, healing our soul. God touching us and helping us. Hallelujah. God designed mankind to feel loved, to love, to be loved, and also to give love. Can you say it after me? God designed human, humans. Can you say it? God designed humans. Or let's make it personal. God designed me, God designed me to, feel love, to feel love, to be loved, to be loved and to be, to be able to give love. Most of us have never experienced true love. We, we always are thinking. Some of us grow as orphans. So we are always believing, my mother will love me more. And that's why sometimes we say, the only time you'll experience true love is when you are out there 
like the prodigal son. You remember the prodigal look? The prodigal son felt, when he left the father, he felt, I'm the man. Until he was away. Then he started, it's then that he realized what he was missing. It's then that he realized, I was loved where I was. I thought I loved myself much, but he realized he could even love himself that much. He was unable to care for himself. So we are designed or made to feel love, to be loved. So affection is not something that is said. Affection is something that we should feel. Hallelujah. Memories are built from feelings and emotions. Can you tell your neighbor? Memories are built from feelings and emotions. Not flowers. Not chocolate. <laughs> Not the big car and the big house. Ask those who are married who have got the big car and a big house. It doesn't fill the void of affection. Hallelujah. Some of us don't know what affection is. Do we have a young couple? What is the youngest couple in the church? Who's the last one to get married? Eh? Alimwepe is our is our size. Matlang, who's Ababa? Where's Matlang? It's on duty. Oh, okay. Where's your wife? Okay, can you come? I'll see. Yeah, you can come and stand here. Where's the missus? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, most of us, you can be married and not have affection. You know, it's, it's one thing to be married. What's wrong? <laughs> Hallelujah. You can, you can be married and not show affection. I know people who are married, but there's no affection among them. Can you hold hands together, please? I can see the brother smiling and say, Oh, when last? When last? When last? That, that's the initial sign of affection. Most men can't hold their wife in public. I will ask you, but since I didn't talk to you before, I will want to know, when last did you hold hands like this in public? Older couples, I could ask, when last did you hold your wife like this? Some of us come to church, even now, we come to church and we're not sitting in the same place. No affection. Yeah, one that side, one that side. Affection is not a bunch of flowers. Affection, flowers will add. The chocolate will add, but the chocolate is not the thing. 
Somebody will say, oh, he doesn't love me. No, he bought you a car. Okay. Can you kiss your wife? Let's see. That was a baby kiss. Mba. That was a baby kiss. We are waiting. In front of me, really. Listen, listen. Affection is a feeling that we transmit to the other person you are wanted you are loved i want you to be part of me and i want to be part of you and one part in a family if you have children this should not happen in a secret place your children must consistently see you kiss each other hold hands even at home show affection to one another so that your children, they grow in a strong family knowing our parents love what You know, most children are worried their parents are going to divorce. It's a threat. It's a consistent threat. Specifically, parents who are very vocal. That when there is a difference in the house, the whole uh, indifference vibrates throughout the house. You need to listen to this sound when you are upstairs. If you put the a saucer and a cup together, the base will make it, the children can feel the lion is in the house. Something is going to happen very soon. Where abuse is consistent, children feel very insecure because they do not know what will happen if my parents divorce because there is no affection. So if you are married, take it from me. Go and show affection. It, 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 it helps in many ways. It, it will bring healing, restoration, not only to you, but to your own family. Your own children, they will know, if my father loves my mother, and my mother shows affection to my father, I'm secure. You cannot say you are showing affection by not coming home on time. By staying wherever. And if we ask you, where have you been? Then you say, are you my security? What are you? F- uh, FBI. Or South African Intelligence Services. Can we give it love for and go and take your seats? At least once, once in a while you kissed each other. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now affection is what we show. Now if you have children... We are told that a father needs five minutes a day to spend with a child. They say that is enough. But most fathers, five minutes is too much with a child. No, it's true. Most men, they don't care much. They are hardened rocks. They are too cold to be warmed up by affection of children. The child will respond first time to the father, the second time to the father, and then the father will say, I went a sugar. 
Listen, when, when the father comes home, when the father comes home, there's total silence. A very annoying silence. It's like a silence before the storm. You know a silence before the storm. Everything suddenly is quiet. The bed, every, the bed is like they know something horrible is coming. They go into their nest. They go and hide themselves. And this is my challenge to us to say, get into the habit of affirming your own children. Showing affection and love to them. Because everybody wants to know I am loved. I belong. I have a place. I can be naked and exposed and not ashamed. Hallelujah. But most of us, our family, that's why when we leave the family, we don't want to come back. Yeah. You ask your children who are done at the university, say, when are you coming home? Me? No. <laughs> I'm working. I'm working now because home is not as nice as it's supposed. Your house should be a magnet. Yes. Your children should not be thinking, how will I say it? They should know. I'm going home. Yes, I'm broken. The prodigal son, the Bible says, he said to himself, in his brokenness, I'm going back. I'll talk to my father. I will reduce my status out of his brokenness. Praise the Lord. So most of us here are broken. Many wounds come from childhood where there has been lack of family love. There's been what? Lack of affection and lack of acknowledgement. There is a word people will say, I will eat you. In other words, you are there, but they'll behave like you don't exist. It's one of the most highest level of rejection you can experience. You are in the company of people, but they choose. You know, I visited a a certain place more than once as a pastor. I was a young pastor. I needed affection. I needed affirmation. And when I arrived, they'll call all everybody and say, all pastors. And when I come, they say, not you. Seriously. To a point that I made that I'm no longer going there. Because when you arrive, they say, pastors, you stand up and they will tell you, uh, when the real pastors come, we will remove you. <laughs> what am I? Am I not the real pastor? Maybe I'm a pastor as in macaroni, you know? <laughs> Have mercy, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, you have, you have to understand that Satan works that way. Satan isolates us through the hurts, the pain, and the rejection that we find. This leg creates a void in our hearts that remains for many years after. Many times we remember the hurt and the pain that others... We don't even remember the words that people said. But we remember the feeling they transmitted through their words that they hated us. You don't need to be told. You just need to arrive and look at the faces of people. Other faces, I say, welcome. Other faces, what do you want? Other faces, get out of here. And you know yourself that I better disappear before I am hurt deeply and before I experience shame and ridicule. That's why when we read, the Bible talks about evil speaking. You have to guard our saying in the first service, that one of the most devastating uh, thing is the passing of uh, Mama Winnie Mandela. The betrayal. I listened to the daughter yesterday. And it says the hating thing 
is that people decide to tell the truth when my mother is dead. They have achieved their goal. And I want to say it to the church. I want you to hear me very well. The truth that is being spoken, it's not like it's confession. These are two different things. Confession is for me to change. I come to you. I've wronged you. I've done wrong. Will you forgive me? I was at fault. I thought I was doing the right thing. You get it? When I tell the truth, sometimes I tell the truth in malice to continue the divisions, to sow discord, and create, create more pain. So don't think the people you saw, if you haven't seen this uh, documentary of Mama Winnie, go and watch it tonight. The issue is not for you to allow the truth to destroy you. You should just check who's telling the truth. And what drive, because the truth that is not spoken in love will cause destruction. Because this intent is to divide, to cause pain and hurt. It is good we can talk about it, but we need to know that Satan has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. For the many years as a people we have been dispossessed, and people have used words to micromanage us. They've used words as boundaries. We don't need to put fences. We just need to say a word. Yes. And that word will cordon you off. You will not be able to do certain things because uh, people have spoken. So the truth, even though it's spoken, we need to be very careful that it shouldn't now create the second level of division within our nation. Yes, it's true. And they are saying it at the wrong time. It's as if all we are confessing, but this is not a confession. You look even at their faces, people are smiling. They say, yeah, we achieved our goal. All that was said is not true. But we made it true. I'm going to tell somebody. Truth not spoken in love is a chalice, is a poison. I say truth not spoken in love. Somebody says, ah, you are speaking, we hear you. You are right. But the manner, the spirit that you carry the truth has a devastating effect to destroy others. You are not saying it because you want to make right yourself. No, you are saying it in order to create more divisions so that you can get your way. Hallelujah. In families, the same thing happened. Mother-in-law, daughter-in-law, divisions. Hallelujah. For all the young women who wants to be married, make a decision from today. Me and my mother-in-law will be great friends. Make a decision. We will not fight and no one will make us to fight. Don't believe a lie that mother-in-laws are hard. Mother-in-laws are like your mother. They have best interest for you. I've seen people pray. They show it on on, on YouTube. People praying against their mother-in-law. I said, you have not even met the woman. <laughs> now you are fighting. My mother loved me. What do you think? So my wife should fight my mother. And I should be happy that now I belong to my wife. What do you think? Don't forget, you'll be a mother-in-law yourself. <laughs> the seeds of discord you are sowing, they are coming home to roost. 
10, 20 years down the line, you'll be a mother-in-law, a father-in-law. We will see. The same evil that you are intending for others to experience, hey, it will be your turn. And yours might be too much because already you have been fermenting this thing. What about you, somebody? Hallelujah. Learn to show affection to one another. Show affection. I always say be an intense person. Let every person know when you give attention, you give attention to them. Hallelujah. Okay, causes that leads to wounded spirit. What are the things that are causing pain? We're talking about inner healing in the family. How do we get healed? How do we get healed? How, does, how do we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us that healing may come? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number one, rejection. Rejection is the general cause. Its main cause, general cause of rejection is lack of love and affection. The example we're using now. Lack of love and affection. You want, you want, you want to touch your wife. You want to hug your wife. One woman was saying to me, the only time I know my husband is around is at night. When I'm deep in sleep, 12, 1 a.m., I'll hear a movement, then I know my husband is around. That's not affection, it's abuse. Even if you don't say amen, I know I'm telling the truth. (laughs) You are not intimidating me at all. You are not intimidating, no. The woman says, no, this man, this man, I don't know him. He will come, not show affection. When we eat, he will not be home. When we eat, we can't eat together. Eh? Eh? You are eating your chisanyam, eh? With your friends. And then when you finish whatever you are doing with your friends, you forgot you have another intimate friend. You have exhausted all your energy elsewhere. Yeah. Then you arrive. All everybody is asleep. You want others to wake up because you have arrived. May the Lord have mercy. So it's very important for parents to show affection one to another, to show affection to their children, and affection should be shown in public, not only as a show off. I'm not talking about this other one, this other false affection that people see. They'll dress the same dress, the wife will put on the same dress and the same shirt, but they are not sleeping in the same bedroom. Highest level of deception. And then, guess what? They drive in the same car and come to church. And we are looking at them, we are thinking, Lord Jesus. Yes, let's put on on the same dress, but let's be talking at home. Somebody says, no, a week we have not been talking. A week, I will die. You know, for me, I fight now. When I finish fighting, I forget about it. We start afresh. Other people, 
You have to wind them. It's, they are like steam engine. You know steam engine? The steam engine, you use, it uses steam. So it has got a big water tank on top. And then you boil the water. You have to get coal. Pour the coal inside. So, two, three, four, five hours. If the train is 4, 4 a.m. to carry people, they are up by one. Pouring coal in there to heat the cold water until there is steam. That is the turbine turning now to generate power so that the train can move. May the Lord heal you from a steam engine feeling and attitude. Where to you, everything is slow. Everything, is, everything must work. When you are heated, everybody must be happy. Because you are heated. Rejection is the number one enemy. That is the number one weapon the enemy uses in the family. The husband can reject the wife. The wife can reject the husband. Children can be rejected by their parents. This causes more pain. Under rejection, four things under rejection. People can be rejected, the, 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 the possible areas of rejection, when a woman is pregnant and she does discover, like in the church, we, we preach so much to, to young people, don't have sex, and then you end up being pregnant. That can cause rejection. This why some one girl says, Pastor, when I discovered I'm pregnant, he counts. I excommunicated myself. Why, why will a person excommunicate themselves? Rejection. They are afraid to be rejected. So, sometimes when a woman becomes pregnant at the age of 13, 14, 15, 16, 20, 21, 22, it's a difficult moment. So the child as well gets rejected. One one woman became pregnant, delivered. When the child came, I said, I don't want to see the child. I don't know you get it. They didn't see the face, the nose, nothing. The baby came out. They cleaned the woman. She wanted the word for a half a day or so. She left. And when my wife asked her, why did you do that? She says, I don't know who's the father of the child. He says, my two other children, I know they, are, they know their father, and their father always come and fetch them. When this child grows and realizes they have brother and they have sister, have their father, where will this one go? So I said, I didn't even want to say, I don't want attachment, I, rejection. Satan will use that. The second part of rejection, when, when children are born, maybe a wrong sex, or maybe the child is disabled. You know, whatever that you call as normal, that looks abnormal, the person gets rejected. A child is born, a lighter skin, maybe an albino. A child is born, disabled, crippled. The child, we're expecting a boy, the child is a girl. All of those can cause rejection. The rejection as well can come when parents prefer or they are perceived to be preparing another child 
on top of the other. One of my children asked me the question, who among us all do you love the most? It's a selfish question. Because what they want you to say is what? So that they go and tell others, I am the number one of my father. Here is, here is Jacob with his sons. He's got the, the last but one child, number 11, Joseph. He puts him on a nice dress. He buys him nice clothes. He makes him to stay home. And he asks him to go and supervise his brothers. How will you feel if you are firstborn? Eh? No, let's talk. How will you feel? Your, your, your junior brother, who could be your secondborn? By the way, if you are having 13 children, number 13, how old will number 13 be from the firstborn? By that time, there's a possibility the firstborn will be having. If it's a man, by that time, within Jewish culture, from 13 years, you are a man, they train you as a man. 16, 17, you are married. So let's say you are a modern, modern person. You are having children every two years. We know for a fact that Joseph came after a long struggle of barrenness. In other words, the gap between Joseph and his brothers, hey, might have been 25 years. You know, the gap between my daughter, Katleho, and my last child, it's huge. I think it's 22 years. This is why every time, wherever we went, they say, oh, this is your child. Ah, no, 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 it's not, it's not mine. <laughs> but at 22, nobody will be shocked. I'm not somebody. But you can be rejected. People will ask who's the best. And the parents sometimes make the mistake to try and tell the other child, uh, your sister is better than you. Your brother is better than you. And that's the ways that Satan wants. Some of us are suffering doses. I want God to heal you today in the name of Jesus. May you receive your healing this morning in the name of Jesus. When people are publicly embarrassed. Yeah. When people are publicly embarrassed. Think about Mama Winnie Mandela. You must see the, the documentary. Maybe I'm talking to strange people. You have not seen it. That your own reject you. The people that you gave an image. The people that, if it was not you, they will not be. They, they are afraid of your power. That they scheme against you so that your power is never manifested. When children are publicly embarrassed and shamed. And maybe you have been embarrassed and shamed. Or you have been in that position where you embarrass others. That is part of rejection. Number two, anger. What is anger? Anger is an uncontrolled attitude in someone's character. The book of Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 9. I want us to read it together. Want to go. Can we read? Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resides in the bosom. Tell your neighbor, I am not a fool. Yes. Anger. Most men suffer from anger. Most men, you know, part of the anger is our inability to provide for our family. 
our deficiency to be the man that we think we are supposed to be. Anger resides in the bosom of fools. So the enemy, Satan, will use anger in the family to destabilize the family. You know, women, sometimes, they think better than men. And so, as a married man, your wife comes with a powerful idea or asks you questions. And you find you have a brain freeze. You know a brain freeze. You are, you are like a steam engine that needs to be heated up. And after a day, is then that your mind can accustom to the difficult, powerful ideas of your wife. And guess what the man does? Resort to anger and some of us to violence. The wife asks a simple question. And then, Fiso says it's a, Zbu says it's a load shedding. The man suffers load shedding. <laughs> Just that moment when the wife is asking, the man can't think. The reason why men become angry is because they have no answer at that time. And they realize, I'm losing power, I'm losing my image here. The only way to restore it is that I've got muscle power so i will use it to regain my authority can you touch the man next to you to say use your brains please (laughs) tell them brain power brain power it has been discovered it has been discovered that violence never solves any problem it it makes it worse i said violence makes the problem Whereas any nation on the face of the earth that have picked up arms to fight another nation, they will never find peace. The only way to do it, you have to kill everybody else. Because even if you win today, you come in and fight us and you win. Your, 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 your victory is for a moment. We will, we will regroup, we will recover, and we might start to exercise to think Will we be able to take this man? And so we think of other things to sabotage, to weaken your power, so that at the right time we will surprise you. Am I to somebody? So most, most of the men, anger becomes easier because we fail to keep quiet and listen to our spirit and say, you know what? I'll come back to you. I think you have been thinking about this thing. You know, women... They've been thinking about it before they come. They've been gathering courage and going to some friends. How do you think about it? And when you were relaxed, the bomb. <laughs> and you, you realize I've been taken by a surprise. But if, if you keep quiet and you think deeply, you'll have an answer. Sometimes it's a matter of keeping quiet. And say, I notice you have been thinking about this thing for some time. Give me time, baby. I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> then, as well, you can go and consult your friends and say, Hey, if such, such, such a proposal is given to you, what do you think? Then as a man, you'll avert unnecessary anger. But anger, Satan will use anger to destabilize. It's one of the things that makes children more afraid. You know, 
I, I've used this example. Your father comes back home and everything goes silent. Because you know, if he said one time, quiet, he's not going to say it again. Everything on his part will be broken. So everybody else retreats to their cocoon. Anger is a sign of weakness. Can you tell your neighbor, anger is a sign of weakness? Yeah. When, when you cannot engage, you resort to anger, intimidation. Hallelujah. When people feel that they've lost authority, they become angry. Let me tell you, you need to pray for Julius Malema. No, it's true. It's not a joke. It's not something to laugh about. You see, you have, you have to understand how, how a national destinies are stolen. You know, when Chris Honey was killed, a lot of things changed in South Africa. Winnie Mandela is gone. We know now what she stood for. The opposition she went against. I was saying to my wife, does Mama Winnie own any business that you know? Is she in any mine? Please, somebody help me. I don't remember that she's selling some uh, ice cream, tender ice cream somewhere. No. Now, you have to understand that when, when certain things are said and people cannot respond, they resort to violence. Violence is a telltale sign of weakness. Anytime you use violence, you beat your child or whatever, you should know as a parent you are too weak. You have no capacity to deal and to, stream, to, to, to streamline the child and correct their behavior. And so you become extremely violent, extremely intimidating in order to get your own way. I know it's not tasty. So when I say you need to pray for the man, you might not like him. It's not important if you like him or not. But destinies are stolen. Yeah. I was just imagining, and I said it's true. Can you imagine South Africa that had Winnie Mandela as a president? From what we know today. I think most of our, our Saturday countries will be liberated by now. Because she, she said, this is a statement she uses. She says, I told Baba, Tata, I told him, this enemy I know, I have fought with before. I know their tactics. And guess what? They know us very well. Relentlessness in pursuit of righteousness. And wavering in the midst of death, saying, I will die. You better kill me. But whatever method they use, they have not won. And this is my challenge to us. To say anger expresses the inability of others to engage. So they will use every other means because they are angry. Bitterness, malice will become the manifestation in their heart. May the Lord heal you of every bitterness in your heart in the name of Jesus. Amen. We express 
Anger because sometimes bitterness that is in our heart and therefore that bitterness expresses itself. I, I told you a story last week of a woman who was so angry with her boyfriend that she started touching the suit, the clothes, everything. Putting it on matches. If you can't love me, you can't have all these things. And I laughed. I said, you can bend the clothes. We'll buy another one. You can bend the car. She took a, a, more like a heavy steel to break the glass of the car. I said, I will never marry you. You, ask, you will kill me. <laughs> Forget it. No restoration. You know, one, one young man one day came home. I don't know what he did to the girl. The girl was cooking. Was cooking. That's what she told me. She said, I was cooking. When this guy came in and he started his everyday behavior. Guess what she was cooking? Fat cakes. When I went to the hospital to see the man. He was cooked everywhere. Listen, listen. You must pray that no one should pour oil on you. Or water on you. You see, when you are dressed like this. When are you going to take the clothes? You know, the heat soaks to the third level of your skin. When they, when they took the clothes in hospital, it was the white clothes to the belly. Everything was bent up to the knees. You know, it's like, she just went like this to say, this is the last time. I, I don't want you. I don't need you. You are not part of my life. Then after that, she wants to come and say, hey, hey can we make peace, please? <laughs> what do you think? Will you say, oh, oh no, it's good. I forgive you. Let me tell you, if a, if a man cheats before you marry, he's going to cheat after you're married. Amen. Yeah. If he, if, if, he bite, if he beats you with a clap or whatever, cause a little bit of pain on you, and tomorrow you wake up, you have bruises on your... I tell you, go to the police. Separate yourself from this man. He's a very violent man. By the way, you are not yet married. You are not his possession. One man said to the wife, my TV is more expensive than you. That's when a man is angry. Say, the bride price, the lobola I paid is, is, is less. Yeah, my flat screen cost me 30000 What? In other words, I can replace you like my TV screen. Somebody can replace you. Like a TV screen. Yeah. If, if the person is rude, you should pray that God should change their, their bitterness and anger. Women, bitterness, wanting to square. You know, one, one woman, they were fighting. And I was asking, why are these two women fighting? The other one is bitter that the boyfriend proposed this one. And the one that this one has come to attack, doesn't even know. Yeah. I don't know if you get it. The man proposed this one, dumped this one, or maybe is doubling them. And the other one who discovered, hmm, I'm not alone. 
went with some friends. We're going to teach you some lesson. You can't take my boyfriend. I said the heart has moved. The heart has done what? Has moved. Even if you beat the other girl, it's not going to happen. People in their anger, they pour acid on innocent people. Your beauty will never again compete with me. No, we are not marrying the skin. You didn't know. We marry the heart. Yes, most of the time, people say, oh, the guy is so handsome. Look at his wife. <laughs> hey, look at his wife. He's not marrying the beauty you are looking for. The English has defined it. They say beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. You can come and walk on your stilettos and whatever. That's not what we are looking for. You are, you are displaying wrong things. Your bitterness and anger is not going to last. You can pour acid, you can pour whatever. The heart is already chosen. You are not the one. And maybe that's the reason why, why the boyfriend left you. You are too violent. I mean, the two girls are supposed to say, let's talk. This boy, this boy, we must teach him a lesson. He doubles us. He proposes you. He proposes me. Let's deal with him. Let's wait for him. When did he say he's coming? Let me tell you a story. This is a true story. There's a pastor who proposed a woman in the church. A single, a, single, a single mother. So he went, spoke to this woman and says, I'm going to do house visits. House one, house two, house three. You are the last house. You know, so he wanted to have sex with this woman. The woman says, ah, pastor, me for you all the way. Please come. <laughs> Guess what? Guess what? The man... I'm sure wherever he was going, he was poking himself. Maybe he even went and bought himself some Viagra and kept it somewhere in his pocket. I don't know, but this is a true story. He went. I'm talking church men, pastor, priest, men of God. <laughs> he went, he went, did whatever, and at the last place he went but this woman loved the pastor more than the pastor loved the woman the woman went to pastor's wife and said don't ever give him a hint he's sleeping he's going to pass by my house and then he will leave come back home so come into my house my bedroom so he, this woman told the husband told this uh, pastor he says when you come one, the children will be asleep. So, no noise. Can tell your neighbor, no noise. <laughs> no disturbance. No noise. So, the man says, because it's driven by lust. It's driven by what? Lust. No noise. He says, yes, no noise. Number two, no lights. 
You come in in darkness. You know my room already. You have been here. You have eaten here so many times. No lights. Greed. And last says, yes! Number three. No talking. The, how will you talk? The children are in the house. Your, your volume, your, your tone of voice will awaken the children. And guess what the man said? So he finished his round. The woman went to pastor's wife. Mom, for this, let's work on this thing. Come to my house. They worked on it. Mom, for this, arrived. Dressed up and ready. <laughs> so he came in. Went into the room. No lights. No noise. No talking. <laughs> and when he finished whatever he was doing, I don't know what he was doing, but when he finished, <laughs> he said to the wife, he said, to his wife, he didn't know it's his wife. You know the words he used. He says, you are better than that old socks in my house. Have you seen old socks? You are better than the old socks in my house. And he says, even though you set no lights, I came with my torch. As you know, we are in the village. The light must come on. I must see you to, f- to feed my lustful desire. Mm! By the way, the woman was saying, no talk. Because the voice is a different voice. The man put the light on. Surprise. The old socks. Hey! I don't know how we got there, but I think the Holy Spirit is talking to somebody. Let me tell you, anger will lead you astray. The book of uh, 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 Ephesians 4.31-32 says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and drama and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. It says, Be kind to one another. Be tender-hearted. You must be tender-hearted. Be soft to others. You see, one day I went to the butchery to buy meat. I said, I want tender rice steak. Can you say tender rice steak? Ask your neighbor, have you eaten a tender rice steak before? I don't think you know what I'm talking about. You see, when I arrived, I said, make it tender. They, They put it in, tender rice steak. Second, I said, repeat it. They repeat it. So they soften the muscle. A proper, high-quality meat, it will take you about two to five minutes for that steak to cook. It's tenderized. Done. The meat you cook in your house, you cook it for an hour. An hour is small. You cook your meat for two hours. You'll be pacing, waiting. We want to eat, but the meat, you take the fork. The meat is still saying, more fire, more time. That's how the heart of man is like. 
hard because of bitterness. Your heart has, has grown curls in it. Your heart has grown what? Curls. Instead of the heart being tender, the heart is what? Hardened. The more you cook it, it's like the more it's becoming more harder. You know, there's meat like that. We call it, they will call it third grade. It's meat, but it's, it was better to buy a little bit more expensive because you don't have to use as much energy. So you are saving money on your time and on your cooking time. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you tell your neighbor you must be tender hearted? Number three. What are the things that caught heads and wound our spirit? Blaming one another. I got blamed many years ago for things I've never done. Even today, I don't know why they said I did what I didn't do. And then you get punished for it. You know, out of bitterness, they punish you because you look like a suspect many years ago i was with bolton he used to stay with me we went to a shop to the spa close to my house i said to him the way you are dressed these people will think you are a thief you know there is a, a certain way of dressing in the township that says to everybody me i will line your pockets so he went in the security, when he goes this way, the security, you know, there are aisles. The security will go. <laughs> and I said, you see, the way you are dressed makes people to suspect you even when you are innocent. Imagine somebody. So I, I was judged for something that I didn't do. Maybe I, I looked like the person who could do such a thing. When you talk about speaking, generally, human beings tend to always justify themselves in everything we blame everybody for everything you blame your husband why you are stuck in life you blame your wife why you are stuck in in your life you blame your parents for being poor you could be very far if they were rich uh, you blame others for your own mistakes you have done the mistake you refuse to acknowledge that this is your own mistake the wrongs you have done you refuse to take responsibility we always blame somebody for our financial problems had this not happened south africa is one of the most indebted people yeah we love loans machonisa and all that yeah we we blame everybody for the mistakes that we have made but we always blaming somebody else we blame the education for our bad decisions that we've made one of the sad part about our people they don't apply the schools are opening now they say you can apply People don't apply. January, again. It's like they are not sure they are going to pass. Then they are going to do courses that are useless. They will be asking, where is the space? No, what do you want to study? Can you ask your neighbor, what is it that you want to study? Possibly 60 to 80% of the students in this hall are studying a course they had no idea of before they came to the city. <laughs> what you are studying, you never thought you will study. 
You just say there's NSFAS. That's why uh, NSFAS is being abused. After a year, two years, you want to change. And we tell you, if you change, no sponsorship. Continue. Number four, hateful words. It starts first as rejection. It grows to anger. You start blaming others. Then you use words as knives to cut others to pieces, to cut people to size. There was a soccer boss who said to a young star who was being pursued by another bigger team. So he was leaving his club. He says to him, I will destroy you in a day. Yeah, I will destroy you in a day. Try, Try your tricks. Try your tricks. I will build you in a moment and I will destroy you. Sometime in marriage, one spouse knows how to hurt the spouse with sarcastic words. Sarcastic words. You know sarcastic words? I was fed one day. Somebody sarcastically saying, you are too fat. And unconsciously I answered him. I said, I can't help it. God has blessed me and the anointing is flowing. And the Bible says, in the abundance, no, in essence, it says, with the thickness of your fatness, the yoke shall be broken. So I said to this friend of mine, you see, I'm big. My neck is big as well. The yoke of bondage has been broken. I've got money. I can buy food. I'm eating well. Then he says, no, it was not a compliment. It was not a compliment. So refuse others to cut you to size with words. Women, guard your mouth. I said, women, guard your mouth. Yeah. Because women, part of the problem sometimes women are in trouble is they speak before they think. Like a chihuahua. Have you seen those small dogs? (laughs) If you have a bulldog, you have a bulldog and you have a chihuahua, you are safe. Because even when a lizard is passing, the chihuahua is going to make such a big... Because the size of the, of the lizard to the side of the chihuahua, the lizard looks like big. The big dog will just look at it. But because the chihuahua is standing, the big, the big dog will stand. Let me tell you, manage your weights. Weights... Can build, words can build and words can destroy. Words can establish. Through words, we build and encourage, and through words, we curse and destroy. So, guard your mouth. Hallelujah. So, maybe things have been said. Words cut like a knife. When words have hurt us, they go so deep that even a skilled surgeon cannot cure us. You cannot operate and remove the head that the words has given to us. Men will say to a woman, you are ugly. Every time a man says you are ugly, you should be dancing and laughing at him. You say, what? Really? Okay, because you can't help me. I'm ugly now. No, because most of the time people will call you ways to micromanage you. Words can be very powerful. Because they continue to echo in our minds years after they've spoken. Your teacher just needs to tell you you are, you, you, you are stupid. Your father needs just to tell you, I hate you. 
Your father just needs to tell you, you are not my child. All that will torment you the rest of your life. Words can go deeper. You can be experience hate, rejection, because words have been used. May the Lord heal us. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's very important today that we call upon the name of the Lord to heal us from every hurt and every pain. Amen? Amen. Number five, physical abuse. We said physical abuse is a manifestation of rejection, anger, blaming others, using hateful words. When this can no longer work, most of us resort to violence. We know women who kill. Have you heard about the word black widow? You know black widow? Black widow is women who will kill the first husband, kill the second one, kill the third one. And to, to them it's fine. They use poison. I mean, they're sophisticated. They're more sophisticated than men. They don't kill you straight with a knife. The few black widow cases I've seen, they've used poison. And then they'll move from a Western Cape province. They move to KwaZulu. Do the same. Move from KwaZulu. Come to Kaute. You must pray. You are not the one who's going to fall in love. Because she goes around collecting pensions and cash from dead people. May the Lord heal us. So physical abuse, after hateful words, physical abuse, some men have become used to physically abusing their wives. Isaiah 54, verse 4 to 6. God has placed you there. God is a good husband. You as a husband, you should be showing the same attributes as that of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've said to the church, and maybe let me say it again. If your husband beats you up, don't call me, call the police. He's not going to change. I've been in that situation before. Where we come, we sit down, and the man says, it's the last time. I will never do it again. Who's a fool? The woman is a fool. The pastor is a fool. I usually say, after he beats you the first time, call the police. Let them come pick him up. Let him go and sleep in the cells. Let him go to the magistrate court. Then we can be able to build the, your relationship. Because the person will know the next time, he's not going to get this lenient. Nobody's saying amen. It's better your husband to be in jail than to kill you and leave the children as offense. Because he will be going to jail. Your ch- Who's going to raise your children when you are dead? Huh? Another form of rejection. Am I telling somebody? So when he beats you, one man opened the shower and what, the woman was telling the story. says he opened the shower and whatever so that the neighbors don't hear. He beat me in the bathroom. Yeah. She was green everywhere. Men, some men, not all, of course. Not the ones in the church, yeah. The ones who have come. All of us who have come to church, God is helping to reform us, amen? amen. We are a very good husband. The Bible says, if you ill-treat your wife, God will not hear your prayers. Amen. You will be praying, Lord, I want promotion. The Lord says, do the, do the manager, oppress him more. <laughs> hey, Lord, I'm praying, turn my situation around. No. Turn it, make it more seven times hotter than usual. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Treat your wife as a weaker, as unto a weaker vessel. They are not weak, but treat them as such. Hallelujah. Can we stand together? We're going to pray. Steps for emotional healing. We're going to take this time to pray that God will heal us. Victory belongs to you. Victory belongs to you. We are going to pray. This is what I want us to pray for. The family needs to be healed because when the family is not healed, the whole nation will be sick. Thank you for joining us with Apostle Vincent Bluato with a life-transforming message. To stay connected with us, connect with us on Twitter at ECCRSA and our YouTube channel, Emmanuel Christian Church, HOJ.